Welcome to the Millennial Economics Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping young people be successful with money. My name is Jared Dixon, and I'm your host today. Um, thank you so much for tuning in again to episode five here. I'm actually recording on Thanksgiving morning, so a happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there that might be listening to it later today. Um, and happy Thanksgiving for anybody listening to it by chance a year from now on Thanksgiving, which is highly improbable, but uh, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? Um, kind of some housekeeping items here. Uh, just wanted to announce that we have the Quick Guide to Financial Success available for free um, on our website, www.millennialecon.com. Um, the only thing that you need to do to get it is subscribe to our newsletter with your email address, um, which you can find at the bottom of the homepage on the website. And essentially what this quick guide goes over, um, there's a few steps that you can take today um, to start getting in better financial shape. It also has some tips um, and some tricks, not really tricks, but mostly tips, um, kind of general knowledge stuff about good money habits. Um, so yeah, if you'd like that for free, um, it's a two-pager, just a PDF. Again, you can go to millennialecon.com, subscribe to our newsletter with just your email, um, and you will be able to download that absolutely for free. Um, so just want to cover a couple things, kind of in usual fashion here, um, two general topics, then I'll get you on with your day. Um, but the first one that I wanted to cover is how to make decisions like the wealthy, um, beginning with the end in mind. And really, this is common knowledge. It's kind of the whole instant gratification thing that we've heard about before. Um, but I was driving up to South Dakota recently on a road trip to see some family. And I was listening to podcasts, and I, I like to listen to podcasts and audiobooks while I travel. It's a, <laughs> it's a great joy just to get in the car and, and get on the open road and, and gain some knowledge that way. Um, but I was listening to the Tim Ferriss show. I believe that's what it's called. Um, big fan of Tim Ferriss. And he was interviewing one of the Koch brothers. And um, Tim basically was just talking to him about business and about, you know, general general information about his life and, and how he got to the place that he is, essentially. He's an older guy, obviously. You probably know about the Koch brothers. If you don't, definitely um, feel free to Google them. Um, K, excuse me, K-O-C-H, the Koch brothers. Um, but Tim, Fer Tim Ferriss asked him what one of the guiding principles um, that Mr. Koch had in his life, what that was. And Mr. Koch replied back, beginning with the end in mind. And they had a discussion about how a lot of people in business and how a lot of people in life, they make decisions uh, based on how it, it will affect them at that instant or maybe just that day or maybe that week or how they could get the most gratification the fastest. Um, and, and I know for sure in business this happens a lot. You know, and, and the biggest example of that that comes to my mind is just the whole blockbuster um, red box netflix type of deal right where blockbuster was making decisions that would benefit their business in the now um, but they weren't thinking 30 years down the road um, they weren't thinking 20 years down the road they were thinking one week down the road or maybe toward the end of the year even you know how do we make our, how do we make the money for our investors for our board um, what do we need to do to make money now and because they didn't begin with the end in mind they're no longer around, or I think there's like one, <laughs> there's one hipster blockbuster somewhere in like the Northwest or something like that. I don't know. Um, but they're, they're irrelevant now because they didn't begin with the end in my, mind. And Mr. Koch basically said, you know, all of my decisions that I make, yes, I think about it in, you know, 
what, how is it going to affect me now? How is it going to affect me by the end of the year? But he makes decisions based off of how that particular decision is going to affect him 10 years down the road, 30 years down the road. You know, I, I think that's, that's very wise. Um, you know, so much of our lives, we can be driven by instant gratification. We often find ourselves thinking, you know, how will this decision affect my day? But the wealthy don't think that way. They think, how will this decision affect me in 10 years? And I think this really gets into goal setting. You know, if you're able to set a goal for where you want to be, if you, if you have no trajectory, there's nowhere to aim to, right? If you have no goal, there's nowhere to aim to. So you're just going to kind of bounce around and you're going to end up in some place that you may not want to. You might get lucky and end up in a good place, but if you have a goal, you're able to set that goal, look down your sights at that goal, and align all of your decisions along the way, whether those decisions are today or in a year from now, to get you to that goal. You, you make the decisions now with the end in mind. You begin with the end in mind, and you know this really applies to finance and personal finance and, and good money habits. You know, If you have a goal of being debt-free, the decisions that you make today have to align with your goal of in a year I want to be debt free. If if you want to become a millionaire, your spending habits, your investing habits, your building of assets, um, your work, what have you, has to align with that. You know, maybe twenty, thirty year goal. Maybe it's a five year goal. Maybe you want to be a millionaire in five years, ten years, twenty years. Maybe you want to own rental property. Maybe you want to buy a farm. This is some of my goals. I, I'd love to buy a farm or a piece of land where I can take the, take the boys and the wife out and we can you know hike or camp or what have you. That's a big goal of mine. Um, another goal of mine is to become a millionaire, a multimillionaire. Another goal of mine is to have multiple assets under my belt that I'm managing. Um, I have all of these goals, so what does that mean for me now? Well, it means that I'm not going to go finance an expensive car. It means that I'm not going to go, you know, blow a whole bunch of money or, you know, it means that I have to be regimented and strict, I guess you could say now with my spending, my investing and my giving so that in five years I can buy that piece of property or, you know, I can buy my first rental home, piece of real estate, or, you know, in, in 10 years, my, my portfolio is worth X amount of dollars. It's beginning with the end in mind. And I think that's something that we as young people don't do a great job of. Um, just a, a quick example, because I love numbers. Um, a lot of us love coffee. I love my lattes, I, I do have to say. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of us spend, you know, varying amounts of money on, on Starbucks or your local coffee shop. Uh, but, you know, if you invested $50 a month, let's just say that's your latte budget, every month um, into an account with an annual return of 7%, right, which is conservative if you're investing in something like the S&P 500 or an index fund or an ETF. Um, but if you were to do that, in 10 years, you would have $8,289. And then obviously that money would continue to grow even if you just left it there with no additional contributions. So when you go out and buy your latte, and again, I, I don't think it's bad to buy lattes. I don't think it's bad to enjoy your money. One thing that I really enjoy that Dave Ramsey says and something that I'm teaching to my children is that there's three things to do with money. You can spend it, you can save it slash invest it, and you can give it away, and you should do all three of those things. So you need to be able to enjoy your money. That's an important part of working hard and earning things. Um, we don't do this so that we can live a meager lifestyle for the rest of our life. We make tough decisions now with, again, the, the, the topic here beginning with the end in mind so that later we can live 
a certain way, right? Dave Ramsey says, live like no one else so you can live and give like no one else. And I'm, I'm no Dave Ramsey apologist, um, but I do agree a lot with what he says. He's a very successful man. Um, and a lot of what he says aligns with what a lot of other successful people do and how they live. Um, so I think we can learn a lot from that. Again, this is this is not the Dave Ramsey podcast. You can definitely go listen to that if you'd like. But just imagine that. You know, if you were to slash maybe your budget, maybe go down to one latte a month, invest $50 a month into just a general fund, a general S&P 500 ETF. In 10 years, you could expect, again, there's always risk here, but with a 7% return, you could expect to have $8,289. How many of us listening to the podcast right now would take an extra $8,300 in an investment account or in a savings account? Some of you may not even have $500 to their name right now, maybe living paycheck to paycheck. That's okay. We've, we all have to start somewhere, but breaking it down in this way um, makes it tangible, you know? So, um, again, beginning beginning with the end in mind. Um, we'll take a bit of a, a break off the topics here and just want to talk about Acorns. Um, I do every podcast because I think Acorns is just a, an absolutely phenomenal platform or service, I guess you could say, for beginning investors. If you've never invested before, if you've never bought a stock before, I highly suggest Acorns. Essentially what it does is it allows you to do two things really well. Um, it offers a service called Roundups where you can sync your debit card and every purchase that you make, it rounds it up to the next dollar, invest that spare change into an investment account for you. Um, or the service that I take most advantage of is just automating my investing. I do a little bit every week, um, invest it every Friday into my Acorns account. I've been doing so for a little over four years now. And uh, it just makes it easy. I don't even think about it. You know, I don't even think about it. Um, and I, I think that if we can automate some of our investing, and it doesn't have to be large a large number. You know, if you can do $5 a week, if you can do $10 a week, I mean, in our example, $50 a month, break that down into four weeks, you know, uh, you, you can have some, some major, major gains um, and, and, see, and get some major, major traction in your investing, especially if you're a beginner. And the way that Acorns allows you to do it is you pick a portfolio um, from aggressive to not aggressive. <laughs> and there's a bunch of areas in between. Um, based off of what your investments will be for your account, and you just kind of set it and forget it. And I think that that's great. So in the show notes below, um, if you'd like to sign up for an Acorns account, it's absolutely free to sign up. Um, using the link below, they will give you $5 added to your account. Um, no hooks, no strings attached. And I will also get a little kickback from that as well. So if you'd like to support the podcast, and if you'd like to start investing in this way, um, as I have for, again, over four years, I highly encourage you to do that. Click the link below. So moving on here, um, next topic, analyzing debt and the effect it has on achieving our financial goals. Um, so there are a lot of different opinions about debt out there. I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of listening. Um, some people think that debt is a necessary evil. Some people think that all debt is bad and you should stay away from it. Some people think that some debt is good. Some people think, some people <laughs> would, would argue about which debt is good and which debt isn't. So it's just a lot, there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. And really, you just need to do your research and subscribe to what you think. Um, in my opinion, um, I'm in the camp of like 99.9% .9 of debt is bad and unnecessary. 
Um, 1% is tolerable. <laughs> it's kind of where I, where I lie, you know, having a mortgage, um, I think it's tolerable. Um, sometimes business debt, um, taking out debt on an asset is tolerable, not preferable because here's the thing that a lot of people I think neglect to understand is that any type of debt comes with risk, any type of debt. I don't care if it's a mortgage, if it's to buy the quote unquote surefire investment, or it's to start this business, um, all debt is has risk, right? And so how risk tolerant are you? There are very successful people that are incredibly risk tolerant and they're highly leveraged with their money um, and it's working for them. Um, but again, that, that's more risk than I personally want to be exposed to. So in the future, for me, I try to cash flow as much as possible. Um, I have a mortgage. I'll probably take a mortgage out on an investment property. Um, I probably will not take a large loan out on a business idea. Too much risk for me. Um, I absolutely won't carry credit card debt. Um, I will no longer, which I have had before. Let's not <laughs> act like I'm a saint here. I've had credit card debt. I've had uh, debt for a business, for a lawn company that I started. I've had automotive debt. Um, I've had all the bad debt. I've had personal loans. I've done it. But I'll never do it again. I can tell you that. I'll never do it again because it's just too much risk and it really clouds my mental space and takes money away for things. It takes money away from my incoming funds um, so that I, I can't put everything where I want it to be, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I want to control all of my dollars. I don't want any of it to be controlled by other people. And I want to feel secure in what I'm doing and what I'm investing in and businesses I start because I have a family. You know, It gives me peace of mind. So... Maybe it's not the quickest way to wealth, um, but again, I'm not in it all the time for the quickest way. I'm in it for the right way, and I think that's very, very important. A lot of people say, um, you know, oh, you can become a millionaire in one year by doing this and this and this and this and this. Well, sometimes the quickest way can work, like very rarely can work, but I've known people that it has worked for, but oftentimes the hard way, the long way, the one that takes discipline and diligence typically bears better fruit. I'll say that. So um, debt has a terrible effect on our finances. It just does. Um, because, you know, typically with debt, we're paying somebody else interest. So we're not gaining interest, we're paying interest, right? So maybe you could be gaining 7 to 10% on your money every year. But instead, because you have high interest credit cards, or you have an auto loan, or you know, you have a, even a mortgage, you know, you're not making money on your dollars, you're paying money for your dollars, you're paying somebody else um, for those dollars. Um, so really, it could be a big swing. Um, I believe the average credit card interest rate in America right now is 17.98%. 17.98%. So instead of gaining 8 to 10%, you're losing 18%. That's a whatever, 25-ish percent swing. That's a big, big deal. People that are successful and wealthy do not get caught up in this terrible math equation. We don't want to be losing money on our dollars. We want to be gaining interest. We don't want to be losing interest, I guess is a better way to say. We want to be gaining interest on our dollars. We want our dollars to be working for us. And this is a terrible cycle that people get into it's just paying other people when we don't need to. So I did a little equation here. Uh, 
using that 17.98% interest, um, and I'm just going to read it off of an article I wrote so I don't get anything mixed up here. Um, if you make a $1,000 purchase on a card that charges 17% interest, so not 17.98, just 17%, and you only make minimum payments on that account, you will end up paying $1,170.99 in interest, and it'll take you 11.4 years to pay that balance off. 11.4 years for a purchase for a $1,000 purchase, which isn't even that that much, right? Like most credit card limits are well over $1,000. And how long does it take to spend $1,000 on something that we won't even remember what it was in 11 years? <laughs> I mean, I could go out right now and spend $1,000. Take me 30 minutes. And we're going to pay that price. We're going to pay, we're going to double, pay double of what we, our purchase was in interest alone to a credit card company. And that's why credit card companies are massive corporations. Um, another thing that I'm, I'm reading here, the average car payment in the U.S. is $554, and the average auto loan interest rate on a new car is 5.61% and 9.65% for used cars. Again, um, that might not seem as bad as credit card debt, and quite frankly, it's not as bad in my opinion, but take into account the depreciation on your vehicle as well. Um, so a new vehicle on average depreciates 19% in the first year. When you drive it off the lot, that same vehicle typically depreciates 15% in the second and third years. So not only are you paying interest on the auto loan to your lender, but your purchase is doing the opposite of what we want to happen with our money. We want our money to grow, not get smaller. So financing a vehicle, while a lot of people do it, like a lot of people do it, and a lot of people think it's fine, um, you're taking a double hit. You're paying interest to a lender, and your asset that you bought is depreciating every single year. It's a big swing. Buy cars in cash. Avoid this money trap. Um, being debt-free is a massive catalyst to building wealth and getting where you want to be. Um, and that's something that, that I'm working on. I had to dig a lot. I, I, I didn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, never had that. Never had student loans, but made dumb, dumb choices. You know, racked up credit card debt, um, had vehicle loans, felt the pressure of living paycheck to paycheck. That's kind of what drove me to personal finance and learning everything that I've learned and continuing to do so because I don't ever want to be back there. I don't ever want to be back there. And, you know, getting to a place where me and my family are debt-free has been incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's so freeing. It's not, not only is, is the math working, now, the way that I want it to, not the way that my lenders want it to. The math's working better for me, but the peace of mind that my family and I have, that my wife and I have, is incredible. And now I'm going to be able to start seeing the gains in terms of my investments that I really want to and accelerate that, which is only going to get me more jacked up to continue that, right? Being able to see those wins happen is so key in the process to be able to experience success is so key. Uh, I think I was reading an article about weight loss or, or fitness or something like that. And one of the biggest things that they said is, you know, don't deviate from your diet or your regimen because you need to get those early wins. You need to be able to see the number drop on the scale or increase on the scale, right? Um, to be able so that it pushes you to continue it. Because if you are super strict with your diet and you're hitting the gym every day and you look back in two months and you have nothing to show for it, the likelihood of you continuing that regimen is very low. 
let's be honest, because you're just doing all that hard work for nothing, right? It makes perfect sense. So those are the two topics I wanted to cover. It's a little bit of a, a shorter podcast. I'm going to hop off here and, and get to cooking and, and spend some time with the family and watch some football. I'm looking forward to it. we got some beautiful weather here in the Midwest, so I may take some advantage of that. But um, I appreciate you all for tuning in. I hope this podcast, this episode was uh, you know, a tool in your, in your tool chest um, to achieve your financial success. It's what I always aim to do here at Millennial Economics. So hope you have a good rest of your day, and we will talk soon. <music>